may not have a film fixation, but we're here for a noir education. Beebidi-boo, doot-doodle-doo, dee-ba-da-pow. Welcome to A Real Education Noir. I am Melissa and this is... Allie. And we are here this week to watch Kansas City Confidential. Yay! Yay! You can't see it, but we do the sign language for cheering. Yeah, we. I have so embraced this. Yes, yes. I do it every time. I'm like, yay! You can't see me. I'm waving my hands in the air. And I do it every single time mm-hmm. without fail. It, it's kind of half Muppet, half jazz hands. Yeah, it, yeah. It's applause for deaf people. It, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, great. I, I like it. it. So we totally jazz hands uh, for Kansas City Confidential. Yes, we did. Now, Kansas City Confidential, um, we've gone a long ways in this podcast without doing like a middle of the strike zone noir, like bad dudes and crime and Going off to Mexico and doing seedy things, yeah. you know, real hard-boiled detective crime stuff. And this is exactly what this movie is. Now, that said, I've never actually seen this movie before. I just know what it is. Yay! <laughs> Yay! So we're coming into this one cold. I love it when that happens. <laughs> I love when somebody else is on my level. Yeah! Not that Melissa will ever be on my level. She's really uh, good with the critique stuff. And, well, which is how you can tell I'm not, because I say critique stuff. <laughs> well, I did do my homework, so I have some notes about the people who are involved in this. Fine! But, you know, that's... That's what I know about this, this movie. That's, you know, that's why you get paid the big bucks for this podcast. <laughs> all, all 10 cents <laughs> all from 10 Google cents. Analytics. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, we are going to go see uh, Kansas City Confidential and then come back and talk about it. Uh, we do recommend that you join us in this experience, um, which should be easy for you to do because it is everywhere. It it's is in easy. the public domain. It, exactly. It is easy to find. It is rights free, which means you can find it pretty much everywhere. Um, the copy we are going to watch is on Hulu, and since Hulu has a deal with the Criterion Collection, we're pretty sure this is going to be one of the better copies out there. Um, I believe you can also see it on Hulu for free. I don't think you even need the um, the paid subscription to see it here. So Sweet. So yeah, so go find a copy of Kansas City Confidential, sit through it, and we will be back to discuss the movie in a few seconds. <laughs> And we're back. What do we? What do we think? That was fun. <laughs> I I was very impressed by that. I was expecting something simpler. Yeah, it was, but it, it was wasn't. Very... Everybody was playing everybody. That was fun. I know, right? <laughs> I've I've wanted to see this movie for many many years, and it's just one of those things that has always been in my queue mm-hmm. on Hulu or Netflix, and just never got around to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm very happy with it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. I think if I had realized that it was an inspiration for Reservoir Dogs, it would have been on my list of things to watch. Yeah. Because I can see it. Yeah, I can definitely. see it a lot. Well, you, I, one of my first comments is we're watching one of the opening scenes. You're Mr. Pink. Like, yes. <laughs> and of course, Jackie Lamb is Mr. Pink because he was the 1950s. He, is he was the 1950s Steve Buscemi. He was. I mean, really. Yeah. Well, he was like Steve Buscemi for 50 years and then Steve Buscemi came along. But yeah. Uh, oh, Jackie Lamb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah oh wow what a what a clever script and 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 it's like a an entire cast of character actors yeah which is always fun it was like name that dude name that dude Mm -hmm. um and of course of course ali and i throughout the movie were like oh Lee Van Cleef, uh-huh. <laughs> young Lee, young, young nubile, shaven Lee Van Cleef. <laughs> oh yeah, he's uh-huh. not dusty or anything. No. <laughs> in, uh-huh. in a suit uh-huh. with, with the cheekbones and so many cheekbones, like more cheekbones than like everybody else in the cast put he's together. So majestic. Yeah. I just, I can't. I really can't. <laughs> Bless. Just God bless. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime somebody threw a punch at Lee Van Cleef, we're just, not, no, the not the face, not the face. Anywhere else, no, that's fine, but not the face, not the face. Oh, he was so just, pretty. I just got so upset. I'm like, no, don't punch him in the face. <laughs> I mean, don't get us wrong. He was a bad dude. Yeah, he boy. deserved to get punched, but like, go for the solar plexus. Like, just, just not the face. <laughs> just so. So streamlined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't find a whole lot of trivia on this movie. It was kind of, it was it was made on a super low budget. It mm. was made by a company that pretty much went under right after it um, mm. made the movie. Like the company was the production company was born, it made this movie and then died. Um, it was made on contract with uh, United Artists, and uh, there was like a longer contract for that, but it didn't work out for some reason. But yeah, it was it was made on almost no money by a, uh, a director named Phil Carlson, who kind of has a name in you know cheap noir films. He started out as like an assistant director for Abbott and Costello. Oh. That's a good start. Yeah. And then um, he kind of was stuck in B-movies until the 1970s when he directed things like Ben, which involved murderous rats, and a little movie called Walking Tall. Oh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, just just a little movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, during the 50s, he was kind of doing this sort of thing, the kind of hard-boiled crime drama, low-budget um bad dudes punching each other yeah yeah so th- this is probably his best known film that he was involved in but he he made several of films like these in this area he's kind of known for a tight directorial style the films are very efficient and you could kind of, you could see it here you know the, the the movie moved at a quick pace and there was plenty yeah. of action peppered throughout and yeah it was not dull yeah at any point even when there wasn't wasn't anything happening? Mm-hmm. There was still something happening. Right. There was there was a lot of eye fucking going on there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, there there wasn't a wasted scene in there. It no. was a very efficient thing. And you know, part of the credit probably also goes to the uh, people who wrote the script. And one of the guys is best known for Creature of the Black Lagoon. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Which, you know, isn't, you know, Ivanhoe or anything. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I picked Ivanhoe, but... Because of the last episode. <laughs> yes. Probably. Probably. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's so much fun. Okay, so dear listeners, if you weren't able to find this movie, and I don't know why you wouldn't have been able to find this just, movie... Just Google Harder. Yeah, Google Harder. Go to go to Hulu. The the It is confirmed. The print on Hulu is very nice. It's, yeah, it, it's it great. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. And um, if it, I didn't know that crappy prints existed, I wouldn't have batted an eye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is it. It it looked great. So go to Hulu, watch it. 
it, um, let's see, how do you, how do you define the script? Okay. So there's a heist, right? And the guy who's running the heist is wearing a mask and he calls in three other, you know, known heist people who don't know each other one by one. And he goes, you're going to be part of this heist and you're going to get cut, but you have to wear this mask when you're on the heist. So you don't know who the other people are. And and then you get your cut later and you claim your cut with this half a piece of a playing card. Which was awesome. Tear the the four kings in half. And you can't, there's no mistaking it. You can't, you know, tear another king in half to get somebody else's share (laughs) because of, you can't duplicate it. Right. It, it, what it was a brilliant plot mechanic. Beautiful. Beautiful. So you've got these four character hectors on this heist, all wearing masks, so they don't know each other. And during the heist, this um, floral delivery driver, who is an ex-con, gets framed for the heist because yes. he's driving an identical truck. And so when the actual robbers go off to Mexico... Uh, to meet up to get their share. Um, the ex-con follows them there uh, because he's been in trouble with the cops and he escapes. Well, he is mad. He needs pissed. He's pissed. So he follows- Somebody is going to get their ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, he follows the criminals to Mexico and they all wind up at the same resort and hijinks happen. And, you know, that's There's really so short. much beautiful tension. Yeah. And everybody's trying to screw each other over. So, yeah. like, not not only is the- the good guy ex-con posing as one of the other criminals because the other criminal got shot before getting to... For an, for an unrelated crime. For an unrelated crime. So he's posing as one of the other guys because he can, because everybody was wearing masks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the guy leading the entire thing is an ex-cop who is just figuring on turning everybody over to the cops and then gaining the insurance money. Yes. For the heist, for returning the heist money. So it's like, oh my God, everybody's trying to fuck each other over. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, kingpin ex-cop's daughter shows up and that's an additional angle. And yeah. Yeah. The only person not playing anybody is the daughter. Yeah. She's she's the only one who's just like, okay, playing it straight, even though she's, she's... smart enough that she knows something is going on and that something needs to be done about it. She just doesn't know what exactly. She doesn't have enough information. But she's the only one not trying to screw anybody over. Right. It's pretty remarkable. I mean, mean, once I learned that the kingpin was actually playing everybody else. It's like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Once you find out he was was an ex-chief of police, it's like, okay, this yeah. just got better. Yeah, and he's just like drawing these criminals into the web to bring them down. Yeah, he just picked bad people that nobody that it won't be a loss. Yeah, to society to have these guys go down <laughs> for this crime. It's like a reverse Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's just wow. I I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was good fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like I said, um, like it, a whole bunch of character actors in this thing. So um, first of all, we've got John Payne, who's the lead guy, the um, our, our ex-con who's going straight. Yes. Um, he's probably best known for Miracle on 34th Street. 
Yes. Oh, God. I was sitting there the whole time going, I know his face. Yes. I'm trying to place it. Oh, my God. Now I feel, <laughs> now I feel like a dumb bunny. But yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that's that's totally that's him. him. Totally that's him. definitely him. He was a singer turned actor. His He, he kind of had an off and on movie career until uh, like right after he came back from World War Two because mm. he did like a two year tour in the army. I think it was in the army. Yeah, he was in World War Two. Like all these guys were in. Yeah. In the service during World War II. Unfortunately, he had this long gap in his career, like from 1961 to like 1965, 66, because he was hit by a car <gasps> and very severely injured. And pretty much after that, he just did TV roles. And um, But he, he was really interesting during this era because he was not only an actor, he did a lot of producing. So he was like the first guy who tried to do something with the James Bond franchise. Oh. Like in 1955, he put money down on an option for Moonraker. Ooh. <laughs> of all things. Okay. That's a choice. <laughs> yeah. But nothing ever happened with it because he realized he, by optioning Moonraker, he wouldn't necessarily have the option on the entire franchise. So nothing ever happened with it. Um, he, he was also one of the first people to, he might have been the first person to... Uh, go after Heinlein's The Puppet Masters. Oh, goodness. <laughs> wow. I know, imagine okay. that. <laughs> but that one didn't happen because Roger Corman ripped it off in uh, The Brain Eaters and kind of spoiled the story for you know, other people to do it. So, But yeah, John Payne's interesting guy. Um, and then the kingpin dude, Tim Foster, is played by a guy named Preston Foster, uh, who was also like a songwriter and actor. Um, he started in acting in movies in like 1930. He was in I'm a Fugitive in a Chain Gang and The Informer and a bunch of other noir movies. And uh, he he just shows up here and there everywhere. He's been in mm. like a hundred films. Yeah, he's just one of those faces that you're like, oh yeah, that yeah. guy. It's like that the guy with the nose. Yeah. He's yeah, got yeah, that yeah. nose. And yeah, he's he's very noticeable. And then you've got the three other criminals. You've got, of, of course, Jack Elam, yes. who's the Steve Buscemi before there was Steve Buscemi. Yes. <laughs> yes. The guy with the weird eyes, because mm-hmm. he, he only had one eye. He had a he has a Oh, it was a glass eye. eye. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was maybe a lazy eye or something, but no, glass eye makes sense too. Yeah, it's a glass okay. eye. He, he had an eye uh, stabbed out by a fellow Boy Scout. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> like, with a pencil. Oh, I was like, Jesus. Were they lined up for Hall H? God damn. I don't know. It's oh, just no. Like, That's no. awful. <laughs> but ever since, you know, he, he had the, oh. the weird eye thing going. But, uh, but yeah, he's just kind of this grizzled character actor who was in everything. He was still acting up to, like, 1995. Oh, wow. He, uh, he was in uh, Kiss Me Deadly and Kismet and mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in the West and Rio Lobo and Cannonball Run. and Yeah, he just, just kind of shows all up over. all over the place. Yeah, and yeah. he's super noticeable because he has that gaunt face mm-hmm. and the weird eyes. and He's got a good face. He's got a real good face. I enjoy his face. There were so many lie. good faces in this movie. Yeah. Very noticeable character very distinct yes there's this lovely quote from him about the career of a character actor and this is the quote who's jackie lamb get me jackie lamb get me a jackie lamb type get me a young jackie lamb who's jackie lamb and that is the lifestyle (laughs) yes that is that is the life cycle of a of a character actor (laughs) 
Yep, I've heard very uh, a, a few permutations of that. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much that it. That is, yeah, that is it. And then we have Lee Van Cleef, of course. Gosh, so wh- pretty. Uh, who? What is he known for? I just can't place it. Oh, he's known for he's known for <laughs> westerns, really. <laughs> he's yeah. known for making known for making my heart skip a beat. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, of, of course, he was in the Man with No Name series. Yes, by Sergio uh, Leone. So uh, you know, a few dollars more in the good, badly, ugly. Mm. Um, he was also in the. Tin Star with Neville Brand, who we'll get oh. to in a moment. Um, he debuted in a movie called High Noon, which was the same year that this movie came out. Oh. Like, the first first year he started making movies, he was in, like, four movies. Goodness. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Oh, yeah. Uh, he also served in World War II. Um, he was on a minesweeper, apparently. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That'll take years off your life. Yeah. But, you know, he, he had a very long career. He pretty much specialized in villains because mm-hmm. he was very good at them. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also known for having a pierced left ear, mm. um, which you see in many movies. But apparently he started doing that in the Navy. Oh, really? Yeah. He just, like, saw it in other cultures and said, I, I want to do that. Well, all right, then. Good for you. And, like, how often do you see... Pure steers and Hollywood guys. Yeah, not yeah. in not in that time. Not in that era. No. And fleshing out that trio of criminals, uh, Neville Brand was the Matt Damon looking guy, the thug, thug, Matt, thug the, Matt Damon, thug Matt Damon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just watch it. You can't unsee it. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. It's there. Oh, totally true. Although he totally looked like Al Franken in the very first shot with those glasses on. Yeah, and then he took off the sunglasses. And then it was like, oh no, no, gone. not at all. Gone. But something Go about on. the way those glasses sat on his face just, like, <laughs> gave the right shape. It was like, uh, oh, oh, no, never mind. Now he's just Matt Damon. <laughs> Thug Matt Damon. Yeah, like, something about the mouth said Al Franken. Yeah. And then... And no I more. think the shape of the glasses kind of... Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because it had that rounded bottom. Yeah. That, like, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Hmm. I'm sorry, I'm just, I, it was a striking thing to me at the time. I feel like all of you need to know this. But I looked at him and was like, dude. The difference between Al Franken and, and Matt, Matt Damon, Damon is apparently a pair of sunglasses. And it all adds up to Neville Brand. It does. Which is a good thing to add up to, I think. That's a nice sum. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, yeah, he... It's like he he wasn't given enough to do, though. I mean, Neville Neville Brand's another one of those venerable actors who's been all over the place. He was in DOA, which, which, funnily enough, if you watch (laughs) uh, Kansas City Confidential on Hulu, it will immediately start playing DOA after. Yes. Yeah, we were sitting there like, we we could just, we could watch another. (laughs) We could just watch DOA. It's going to play for us in 19, 18, 17 seconds. Oh, we got to (laughs) record. God damn it. Uh, he was also in Starlight 17 and The Tin Star and Birdman of Valcatraz. And um, he was the guy who killed Elvis and Love Me Tender. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, sir. Uh, he was in uh, this little movie in 1980 called The Ninth Configuration, which is fantastic and not enough people know about. But anyway, he's all over the place. He started his movie career in the army. Like... He wasn't out of the army when he started acting like the rest of these guys. Oh. He was in the army doing training films, and that's how he started oh, his funny. career. <laughs> he uh, he was known for playing Al Capone. He played Al Capone oh, sure. in like three different times. So he he was Al Capone in the George Raft story. Uh, he played him in the Scarface Mob and on the TV series The Untouchables. 
Yeah. Huh. All right. Yeah. So it was like the the El Capone at the time. There, There's a rumor that he was the most heavily decorated. No, he was like the fourth most decorated soldier in World War II, which wow. isn't true. But he does have a... A shit ton of medals. <laughs> yeah, so he, he's not he's not playing around. No, no, oh, no. He oh. was he was seri- he was serious about this. Like he wow. he probably could have killed everybody else in the cast. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I yeah. believe that. Yeah, but you know, despite this tough guy sort of appearance, uh, he also owned one of the largest private libraries in Hollywood. He oh, was an avid yeah. reader. He owned about thirty thousand books, which unfortunately were lost in a fire. But that hurts my heart. I know, right? Oh <laughs> no! Why? Oh. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, Neville Brand, interesting guy. Yeah. And then uh, the the lady was Colleen Gray, whose uh, career never really truly took off, but she did a lot of TV later in her career. She was in a little movie called Nightmare Alley. Oh. Which we're totally going to watch oh, very yes. soon. I, I keep hearing about it. It has to happen. Yeah. Nightmare Alley is amazing. <laughs> uh, she was also in Kiss of Death, which is good. Razor's Edge, which is fantastic. But uh, she uh, just passed away, like within the last month or so. Oh, wow. Yeah, she passed away in August. Huh. So rest in peace, Colleen Gray. Yes. You were, you were very fun to watch. She was very entertaining. Yeah. So, yeah, most of my trivia was about the actors in the movie because there just really isn't much trivia about the yeah. movie itself. I mean, there's, I mean, just watching it, it, it was filmed under the Hayes Code. It is pretty violent. I was going to ask about that because it just seemed so. It, and I felt almost like they didn't give enough justification for Joe to get away with. And yeah. Not that he was getting away with it, but kind of, you know. I mean, he was wronged in the first place, and mm-hmm. he didn't take any money mm-hmm. in the end. He was just trying to, I don't even know exactly what he was trying to do, if he was going to take a cut or if he was going to bring everybody down. But I, I was kind of surprised that nothing... He got the girl in the end, which pissed me off. <laughs> I said I wanted something to piss me off in one of these things, and that did it. <laughs> oh, it was dumb. I mean, I get that's how movies end, but it was just like, oh. Mm-hmm. Her father dies, and she turns to him, and she just smiles, and she <laughs> kisses him. Yeah, it's like, it my father like, died 15 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, girl, no. You shouldn't be that. Jesus, you have no. to wait. You have to wait. Like there needs to be like a two day waiting period before you like jump into the, yeah, into that. God, I know you liked him before, so it's not. But still, <laughs> oh, God. come on. <laughs> She's over the shock. She's now. had it's enough been, time to process it's, it. It's been fifteen minutes. Go yeah. in and kiss her. No, yeah, no, no, no. Give her. Like a hug or something. Yeah, My condolences. Yeah. I'll, I'll see you back in the Do States. Do you need to talk? I'm here, but... Yeah. Oh. So I didn't like that, but I liked almost everything else. See, I would have liked her to, you know, do the Marlene Dietrich thing in Touch yeah, of Evil. Like, yeah. he was some kind of a man and walk away. And and then, like, nobody's Adios. happy. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> that was great. I'm, let's re- rewrite this ending. I like that ending. He was some kind of a man. He was some kind of a man. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would have liked that version of this yeah. story better. <sighs> Otherwise, it was fine. I yeah, just, yeah. I, it just had to end with that kiss in the end, and I was just like, Ugh. God, why? How great was the commissary woman, though? Oh gosh! So there's this this girl who's working in the in the lobby of this resort, and she is selling perfume to Lee Van Cleef in her first scene. And we find out she has sold that same bottle of perfume for eleven American dollars, which worked out to how much? Like ninety six dollars in dollars today. Yeah, after inflation, and she and the, only eleven dollars. That's a fuckload of money back yeah. then. Yeah, and the and the the owner says that she gets fifty percent commission, and she sold that same bottle of perfume like what, like a dozen times? Yeah, or like something. Yeah, like, twelve, thirteen times. Yeah. I'm like. Uh, Damn, girl. Yeah. Everything she was selling to, to Lee Van Cleef cost $11. And he was buying it all for her. Mm-hmm. So she could literally turn around and resell it. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful. Bless her. <laughs> she gets a tip and she just, she calls attention to it. Yeah. And then puts it down the front of her shirt. And I'm just like, bless you, woman. Hey, it's called Jesus. Shit. Wow. She was great. They, I liked her. Yeah, I, the I liked her a lot would, more. Than... She would do with her eyes uh-huh. when she was on see, uh, on the screen, just like, yeah, okay, I yeah. like you. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, was, she great. was fun. She was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to be her friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want, I want your secrets. <laughs> Teach me and your clothing. She has, oh, she had yeah. some great dresses. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. Fun movie, man. Very fun movie. I loved all the tension and this. It, and nothing started on fire. Yeah. It was like Chekhov's gasoline there. Yeah. Nothing happened no. with the gasoline. No. And we were talking about how that was totally going to happen. We're like, this isn't Hitchcock. That shit's going up in flames. <laughs> nothing went up in flames. There was no explosion. <laughs> it must have been the budget. It had to. There's it must no have. Reason that like, that should we, be we don't have enough. Fire. We don't have enough money. We spilled gasoline up. on this on this money, and we're not going to set anything on fire. Why was it gasoline then? Why wouldn't you have spilled literally anything else? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that scene was to show that he had the money in the car. Right. But I why suppose. gasoline? I, well, maybe that's the only thing that he would have cared enough to wipe up. Maybe. Because if it would have been water, maybe he wouldn't have cared. Like, oh, big deal, it'll evaporate. Yeah. I, so maybe gasoline was like, I need to get that shit soaked up because yeah. I can't sit in my car and cause fumes. Yeah. But it's just, what? I, I don't know. Okay, so I want to remake this film. <laughs> yes. And, and so we ca- we cast uh, Kevin Spacey in the lead. Yes. And we resurrect Lee Van Cleef from the dead. Yes. And we, we, get Matt, we get Matt, <laughs> Matt Damon. Damon. Yes. And um, and we get Steve Buscemi. Yes. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. 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 And, we, and we have like Selma Hayek as the commissary woman. Yes. And uh, who's the police chief? Mm. Mm. Oh. Everybody I can think of is dead. Well, we already resurrected. We, yeah, but we've used our one resurrection. Now, <laughs> you can only cast, you can only cast that spell so many times yeah. before you oh. have to like rest and recover. <laughs> that's true. It's, that's a really intensive spell, and you had to work really hard and spend a lot of points to get that spell. <laughs> Pushing my glasses up the bridge of my nose now. Oh nerd. man. Although if I if I had 
<laughs> if I had two resurrection spells, I might bring back James Coburn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just because that would be awesome. But, yeah. But I'm sure there's somebody today who could also do that role. But but yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Kevin Spacey in the lead role, oh, I think, would be absolutely a lot of fun. Maybe perfect. And then maybe like no girly poo. Well, no, no, it needs I, more I women. Replace it does, it. does need more women. We need to replace somebody with a woman. Well, if we can't have Lee Van Cleef, let's you know, let's, let's get Helen Mirren. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. That's good. Or Helen Mirren can be the police chief. Oh. Playing everybody. Oh yeah. Oh, that'd be good. So then you have to have another woman on the team, otherwise it's too obvious. Well, That's we're true. all in. We're all at this resort in Mexico, and there's one woman. Well, it's her. Yeah. So so now you now you are required okay. to add more women to the cast. Okay. Got so mm, yes. Just saying. Yes. Okay. Okay. So then, who do we replace Lee Van Cleef with? That's also like amazing. Oh, somebody with amazing cheekbones. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I just just want to put like every woman in this cast. An all woman cast. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's okay. do an all woman heist film. I like all this. woman all woman heist film. All right, we're on this. I think we plan this just about after every single noir film that we really love. We're just like, okay, let's remake this with all women. <laughs> Pretty sure we did that after um, uh, uh, Fallen Angels. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Which yes. already had a loaded female cast anyway, and it was awesome. But but we were just, no, just all women. Just all women. And, and it is a lot more sinister. <laughs> God, was it, was it Olivia Wilde who's been uh, doing script readings where she, um, you know, gets a bunch of actors into the theater and they do script readings of like known scripts like Reservoir Dogs and stuff like that. Only it's all gender flipped. Oh, I think so. And yeah. the and the men are just sitting around and they just say, "This is so boring," <laughs> because the women's yep. roles in ninety percent of these scripts are shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Surprise! There's not much to do. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's remake this one. This one deserves a remake, actually. It There's really a lot does. of films that are like they're really good, and I'm like, never remake those. Yeah, so they're perfect the way they are. This one is great the way it is, but could totally do a remake. That would be awesome. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is the the perfect sort of film to remake in that it's it's not legendary like. Casablanca, where yeah, you can never reach, you can never do it. You can you can never replicate the lightning in the bottle that is Casablanca. But this is something that is not known and beloved to most people. Mm-hmm. This is, but it has so much life to it and so much to work with that you can easily adapt it and remake it. It could live again. It could. It could. I'd be so down. And you can update it without any problems whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. What about Charlize Theron for for mm. the Lee Van Cleef part? I like that. Yeah, I I like that idea. Yeah, just because she's badass and on my mind right now. Indeed. Mm-hmm. I've got nothing else for this. And, and Angela Bassett as the con Ooh, gone good. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because Angela Bassett needs more to do. Yes. yes. Agreed. Totally. Mm. Totally. All right. So I think I think we've. We've tapped this one about out. I yeah, think uh, yeah. I'm pretty happy tonight. Yeah. Yeah. This was good. So I don't know what we're watching next time. It might be Leave Her to Heaven, but I'm not entirely sure. When we post this, by the time we post this, we will probably know probably. what we're doing. I hope so. We're doing next. So mm-hmm. look in the show notes. We'll let you know. And then I think that's about it. So 
Yeah. All right. Well, I've been Melissa, and this has been Allie. And thank you for joining us at Real Education Noir. See you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. We hope you enjoy our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a noir education. Thank you for joining us for a real education noir. New episodes arrive on the 7th and 21st of every month. Please visit our website at r-e-e-l-e-d-u-n-o-i-r.com. Once there, you can comment on our episodes, as well as find links to our feeds on iTunes, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you for listening. Until next time. That will be 11 American dollars.